Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Awesome Inc. podcast. I have taken, oh, I've performed a coup here. Garrett's, Garrett is in the corner of the room crying because I've demoted him, and I'm just going to introduce this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesome Inc.'s podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Everyone tuning in, thanks for joining us here at Awesome Inc. in the Batcave, as I like to refer it. I'm with a dear comrade, companion. What's what's another good synonym? <laughs> be careful. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say a C word. I was oh. like, be careful. Uh, character, you're a character, Keith. But a good friend of mine, Keith McMahon, who actually got my foot in the door when I was a college student with Awesome Inc. Today, I want to sit down and let him share a little bit about the work he's doing with our Awesome Fellowship Program. Probably anybody who's heard of Awesome Inc. and has anything related to startups and our entrepreneurial ecosystem has heard of this program, but you might not know exactly what we do, why we do it, and maybe some of our, our founding founding roots. I almost said grassroots, but founding roots sounds a little bit more and interesting in my opinion. So Keith, um, a lot of people know that you're from Pittsburgh. You're a proud transplant here to Kentucky. There is a legendary story about a five across baby that you like to share, which mm-hmm. is a, is a rightful claim to the, the throne of awesome. And I would love for you to give him a couple, couple facts about yourself. And then we'll dive right on in and give a quick introduction to your role here at awesome Inc. And then maybe some of the history of the awesome fellowship program how that was set up for you. And then when you took it over a handful of years ago, essentially the direction you've been, because I know we, we offer a lot of accountability for founders, but maybe people don't know what exactly that means, how you help a founder and also where we're headed. We've been doing this for the last six years. And by this actually assisting Kentucky startup founders to grow their startups and really have a pulse in, in our community. So we'd love to hear some of those things from your perspective and you know what? We'll just kind of go with the flow. That's part of the fun sure. of sitting down and talking with people. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Garrett. Um, yeah, so uh, so the five across baby that you're referring to uh, is my son, Wells, uh, but his real name is Maxwell. And that is important to know because um, I let the five across entrepreneur pitch competition audience vote on four different names uh, just a week before he was born a few years ago to help uh, my wife, Melody, and I decide on the name for our child. And so his name became Maxwell Jude, which uh, were the top two vote-getting names. So he is now forever enthroned as the, so far, the only five across baby. Um, but hopefully that kind of story captures uh, my heart for entrepreneurship here in Kentucky, um, that, it's, that it's personal to me, uh, that it's inspiring. It's something that I want to almost even like incorporate into my family structure. Um, so we're proud of that. Um, now. I, I do owe my wife, you know, an explanation to everybody that uh, those were top names anyways. So uh, she's sometimes like, oh, you know, we didn't really name him exactly only because Five Across voted on it. Uh, so I, I guess I owe it to her to explain that. But um, but yeah, uh, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, moved to Lexington to go to UK to study accounting, which is funny for me because I still am figuring out what kind of brain I have in my head. 
sometimes it's a very analytical brain that loves processing data and numbers. Other times it's like this huge, big picture, creative thinking kind of brain. And I don't really know what brain I'm going to wake up with each morning. So, um, so in a position uh, that I get to kind of execute using both a little bit freely is, uh, is really awesome for me. So that's kind of what I get to do with the fellowship program. Um, so for the, for the listeners that don't know, or maybe are not familiar with the fellowship program, uh, it is awesome Inc's non equity accelerator program. Uh, so we, we do not uh, take equity from the companies that participate in the program. Uh, we've just decided that what our best model is uh, for the time being is structuring it as a 501c3 nonprofit, fundraising the budget, uh, the annual operating budget from generous sponsors and donors uh, and individual entrepreneurs even that want to pay back and give back to the next generation of entrepreneurs. Uh, and th- what that does is that provides us the opportunity to give lots of resources to founders that have demonstrated traction, uh, that have a tech focus, that are from Kentucky, and that are working on their startup full time. So those are our favorite kind of founders to work with, the ones that are scrappy full time and kind of everything's on the line a little bit. Um, and man, is it humbling to work alongside these people, um, you know, week after week, day after day. I like that you use the word scrappy. That's not a word you hear often thrown into the mix when talking about professionals. Keith, what's some of the history with the fellowship? I know that it started in 2014. You were not here in 2014. We were still at UK together. Yeah. And I would love to get some insight from your perspective as you transitioned out of your role with the campus ministry to directing a bunch of scrappy hooligans. I'm just kidding. But founders, people who are trying to figure things out as they go. And again, someone really handed you their baby, a project they started. What was that? What was that like for you to really take up that mantle and figure things out as you went and learning from some of the roots that Teresa, who was here prior to you, set in stone? And then, you know, six years later, since it's beginning, it's incubation, if you want to say, to keep in line with uh, startup words. Yeah. What's that like to try and keep the, the heartbeat from the beginning going sure. six, six years strong? Yeah. Well, so you mentioned that the fellowship is, uh, was born in 2014. The, the truth is that it was, uh, it was a dream that started back in 2008 when, uh, when Nick Such, Luke Murray, and Brian Rainey, kind of the founders of Awesome Inc., really loved the model of Techstars, which started out of Boulder. And the Techstars Accelerator Program is a, an equity accelerator uh, housed in you know, Boulder, Colorado. They will invest in companies that participate in the, every cohort. And over the, over the time that they are in the program, um, they're exposed to a network of mentors and advisors. They're exposed to lots of resources that will help them scale and gain kind of market fit and traction. Um, so that was the dream back in 2008. Here's the thing. The, the cruel reality was that uh, Lexington and Kentucky just in general maybe was not ready for an equity accelerator. Um, if you grabbed a bunch of companies that were born in Kentucky, that were tech startups back then in 2008, uh, you probably would not want to invest uh, a large sum of money in them. Uh, the risk was too high. And, um, and so what's amazing is, uh, is that you know now in hindsight, uh, we can really use that as like a barometer to see how the ecosystem has grown because there are plenty of companies nowadays that, uh, that we'd love to invest in. And maybe we'll touch on that uh, when we talk about kind of the future of the program. 
instead of starting an equity accelerator in 2008, uh, what the awesomeing story kind of is, is uh, starting Apex Software, uh, which is a, a full stack development firm here in Lexington, right here on Main Street. Uh, they grew, their team grew, needed a workspace. So they got plenty of space here at 348 East Main. Uh, decided to sell extra space as co-working and private office space. And then in 2010, we started the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame to honor the most successful entrepreneurs in Kentucky's history. And that was really just kind of our, and if they're listening to this, that's fine. But uh, that was kind of our effort to kind of finagle them into a mentor network. So we wanted to honor these uh, kind of celebrity entrepreneurs from Kentucky. But in the back of our minds, we also didn't mind the fact that we had uh, all of their phone numbers and emails for future founders that might want to meet with them or talk with them and get advice. So that's the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. Then we started the Awesome Inc. U Bootcamp uh, in 2000 and what was it, 13? So that's our effort in training up new talent, development talent. And then in 2014, the dream was realized to start an accelerator, uh, albeit a little bit different than what we anticipated back in 2018. But the non-equity accelerator and the fellowship started in 2014. Uh, and I am uh, just one of the directors of that program in its history. Uh, I took over for Teresa Simsek, who did a phenomenal job of uh, building it practically from nothing. Um, she structured it in ways that I still use today, including monthly accountability meetings with the founders. I uh, use a lot of the, the same Google Sheets and Docs that she created um, to track metrics and, and keep a pulse on the health of all the companies. So, yeah, and that's the, that's the fellowship uh, kind of birth story there. I like one thing you mentioned earlier on as you were talking that our co-founders had a dream yeah, now over a decade ago, and it took six years for, for that to really to come to fruition. So if you're listening to this, sometimes timing is not right. Don't quit. I think that's, that's right. an important thing. Yeah. So Keith, what is the direction you would say the fellowship has been heading over the last few years, primarily since you have been in the role? Yeah, I think what is really cool about the fellowship program is that it is the sum of its own parts. And so... Uh, truth be told, I mean, I guess like anything, when it's first starting, it's nothing really worth writing about. Uh, but what we were able to do was get enough high quality founders, people just with good character to lead companies in the program. And then over time, they just performed extremely well. And so we used that as our ability to just show the world, well, hey, this program, it, uh, it serves the best entrepreneurs. And what that did was made other great entrepreneurs want to participate in it. And so when you just keep amassing high quality people as the founders in your cohort, uh, the metrics are always going to go up and to the right. And when you can show that metrics are going up and to the right, more companies want to participate. So that, that's kind of the, the secret sauce of the fellowship is that we've just been able to accumulate the right people with the right effort, working on, on the right problems and building the right companies. And as long as we tell other people about it, it's going to continue to grow. Um, so I think one of the, the major strengths of the fellowship program is that it is a really validating program to be able to list on your company's website or resume 
uh, to say that, yeah, we participated in the fellowship program alongside these other great companies that you have heard of or will hear of. At the end of the day, a lot of people are making others aware of, hey, this is made available to me. I applied to this program, got in and yeah, we work together. So I know, I know a lot of the, the things that go on behind the scenes. One thing that is special is we say it here at Austin all the time, but game attracts game. Like you just said, when high caliber companies, and that's something we have seen over the last handful of years, the quality of companies are increasing, which is great. That's a great sign to see. And it's awesome because that means you are continuing to work with talent at higher levels. I'd say each and every year, which is really, really special. So knowing that is our, that's what, that's what we're working towards and how we're helping people. Keith, what, what would you say a win looks like for our program? And I preface this with maybe something that is more behind the scenes that people who are not a part of our team wouldn't know. So yeah, would you mind pulling back that proverbial curtain and, and sharing something that's, you know, we hope to accomplish here in the near future that maybe not everyone in our community would know? Yeah, I mean, I guess just kind of maybe on a personal note, I know that our team works hard for every thank you from a founder. Uh, man, I mean, we don't uh, we don't want them to come liberally. We want them to come uh, because we've deserved them. And so when a founder thanks us, uh, it means a lot. And so that might be for an introduction to kind of a lead investor for a round. It might mean, you know, leading somebody to a co-founder or a first, you know, early or early employee. So when we hear a thank you from a founder, uh, it really just kind of touches a part of our heart that, uh, that you know, is, is really just one of makes us keep going, um, you know, kind of more coldly, I guess. I mean, what we like to be able to see is job creation and investment raised, uh, investment raised, not necessarily because we believe in just like throwing money around, but because when, when a company gets investment, that just means that they've gotten believers. And when you know, the, the, the energy that a, a founder gets when they have believers around them is it makes them unstoppable. And so the best way to believe in somebody is to give them, you know, your hard earned money through an investment or buying your, or you're buying your service or product. So, uh, when our fellowship companies get investment raised, we kind of believe, you know, we see that as a, hey, you're, you're amassing believers in strong ways. So, uh, Hats off to you. Let's let's ring our success bell, which I'm sure you've talked about on the podcast. Actually, I don't know if I have. Yeah. So maybe if anybody doesn't know, you know, Garrett's kind of the king of of celebration around here at Awesome Inc. And so wow, have, that is a title yeah, I want. <laughs> king of celebration. Hey, put it in your email signature. I'll see, I might. Yeah, but we've got a we've got a success bell in our space that gets rung, and it's pretty loud and honestly disturbing. So if you've got you know even the best noise canceling headphones, sorry, you're, you're still, in trouble. You're still gonna hear when we ring the success bell for founders who have maybe raised a new round or um, or just accomplished a major milestone. So. Um, so keep giving us, uh, reasons to ring the success bell done. Well, Keith, uh, on that same note, we're talking about wins and I want to make sure people understand exactly what that means. Can you share a story uh, probably more recently of a fellowship company or a founder you've worked with that maybe was having some struggles with their company and then they had a big win and you thought, yes, as, as your friend, as kind of a coach, cause I know that's some of what you do when you offer guidance that you were, you were just proud of the founder and what they were able to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, by having monthly accountability meetings with our founders, I'm, you know, they cannot, they cannot escape me on their low moments. And I think that's important. Uh, we don't just kind of say, Hey, you know, let's just check in again soon. I'll follow up with you. 
uh, but they are they are pre-scheduled meetings. And so you never know what you're going to get when you interact with a founder. Uh, they might be coming off the biggest high of their biggest sale, or they might be on month four in a row of just being low, uh, feeling discouraged and feeling like, you know, am I am I working on the right things right now? And that's part of my job is to ask them hopefully the right questions that, that give them clarity on that. Um, maybe a recent story. Um, yeah, I don't know if I should mention the founder's name or company specifically, but I just know that it just felt kind of like what I mentioned is three or four consecutive months of kind of discouraging low tone conversation of, you know, still trying to attract funding. I know I've got something here. I just need the right way to communicate it to my investors or potential investors to get them to buy in. Maybe the founder understands that they are more of a dev mind uh, and not necessarily the high energy sales mind. And so they just know that, OK, I've got to I've got to figure out a way to like really convince or or show people like this is something big. Um, and that's what happened. Uh, so this founder, I'm excited for him. He, you know, after several months of of low energy calls, he uh, he kind of finally gained an investor, a lead investor. Uh, who a even came with, you know, some connections that led to early hires. So it just felt like from one month to the next, uh, just like a huge infusion of like, you can't stop me kind of mentality uh, for this fellowship company. And so, um, so excited for him. And, uh, and I think that, I think uh, a lot of people will be using his, uh, his, you know, his product pretty soon. And hey, let's go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Tim Cook from Apple, you're welcome. We <laughs> we we know there was a lot of hard work there, and we're we're glad to see that yeah. something came of it. Tim, glad you escaped your your low valley. No, that's good. Keith, I want the tone of this episode to be a bit different than some of the other ones. Yes, we all love a good story. One of my personal favorites is The Princess Bride. Thanks for asking. And stories sell. People connect with stories. People are moved by passion, not always logic. Can you speak into why should someone care about our Kentucky companies literally amidst this global pandemic when small businesses are shutting down left and right? Why is it worth giving of your money, like you mentioned earlier, to a local company and supporting local business? As someone who works with them very closely, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm a huge proponent of Kentucky founders, primarily because they come, they are humble people from a humble place. Uh, Kentucky is not Silicon Valley and, and we operate as such. Uh, what I mean by that is, yeah, you've got, you've got scrappy entrepreneurs here who know that the odds seem to be against them. Uh, they're, now they're not against them, but, um, but they just have to work harder to get results. And when you find a founder that's willing to do that, you found a special person that is, uh, is more, more investable in my opinion. So uh, I would encourage people to support Kentucky founders in particular, uh, just because, uh, you know, if you know what when you see in a Kentucky startup founder, you see somebody who's staring at a tall mountain and moving toward it and moving toward it confidently and ready for the job. So um, so that's what I would say. That's good. Keith, I know one thing that really is impactful and there's often good feedback from this. It's when our founders or really our guests share one piece of practical wisdom or advice with our listeners. So from someone in your position who is, again, working with Kentucky founders, you're in the thick of a lot of things that go on. What is one piece of advice that anyone may be itching to start their, their entrepreneurial journey or maybe they're 
a couple years down the road. And like, like you said a minute ago, they are at that crossroads of, is this the right thing I'm doing? Or yeah, I'm in month four or month five and there's no traction. What is one, again, yeah, one piece of wisdom that you would give to them maybe that they could apply and change either their company or themselves today. Yeah, I'll do everyone a favor by just borrowing it from a book that I recently read from an author that I've really grown to like. His name is Derek Sivers. He's the founder of a company called cdbaby.com. cdbaby.com. Yeah. Go check it out. And um and what I really like about Derek is that he when he talks about cdbaby.com he said that he never really focused on expansion or growth. He just, you know, focused on how to make every customer really, really happy and thus spread the word about CD Baby. Uh, and so some of the ways that he's done that is so just fun and detail oriented. Uh, but I would encourage every founder to think about, you know, kind of the individual customer that you're supporting. Uh, but one of the things I wrote down from his book is that none of your customers will ask you to turn your attention to expanding. They want you to keep your attention focused on them. It's counterintuitive, but the way to grow your business is to focus entirely on your existing customers. Just thrill them and they will tell everyone. That's great stuff. I have nothing else. Keith, we'll wrap up and head into the next little bit. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.